Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, A.J. Hogue, where A.J.'s more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's A.J. with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. I'm A.J. Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native. You need to join my VIP program. That's how you succeed. That's how you speak English fluently, powerfully, effortlessly. You must commit, of course. One month's not enough. One week's not enough. You know this. You've got to commit. Strong commitment equals strong success. Commit to my VIP program today at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Live on Facebook today. Today's topic, uh, kind of a mix of different topics, some updates. And uh, in general, I'll be talking about learning deep, deep learning, one of our rules of effortless English, one of the seven rules, learn English deeply. And also wide learning, a topic I recently talked about. And really kind of the idea of using both, using both at the same time. And how to use both at the same time. Deep learning, lots of repetition for mastery, really helps your speaking ability a lot. Wide, meaning lots and lots and lots of content, lots of reading and listening, helps your listening ability and builds vocabulary. So the combination is very powerful. Uh, what else? Oh, I recorded a walk and talk today. Um, got a walk and talk today. I'll upload that. I don't know, about six hours or so, something like that. So check check audio podcast listeners, check that. Walk and talk. I talk some more about Japan, Japanese cities. I talk a little bit about Gab. I talk about building your learning motivation. That's some good topics from the walk and talk today. We're live on Facebook today. Good to see hey Lisa. Good to see Abraham. Lots of our motion. Lots of our regulars. Let's just jump into the topic, shall we? And then I'll come back to questions and comments as usual. So wide and deep, wide and deep. I talked about this, you know, this idea of huge amounts of content, huge amounts of reading. You know, when people ask me how to build vocabulary, how do I build vocabulary? Um, That's the way. Huge, huge, huge amounts of reading plus listening. And it's the, the best combination is to do both. You know, like reading huge amounts of books, lots and lots of books, and also do the audiobooks of the same books. Then you're getting the listening practice and the correct pronunciation, and you're seeing with your eyes the actual vocabulary words, and with the reading, you can go slowly, take your time to figure out the meaning. So it's a nice combination. You get that slow, uh, slower, low-stress vocabulary learning from reading. And then you get the practice of high, higher speed listening practice with the audiobooks. So it's a great, great, great combination. That's for your wide learning. And wide learning is all about vocabulary. That's what it's about. Huge amounts of English. And again, I say I think reading is the easiest way to do this. Reading and audiobooks and podcasts is also good too. Um, this gives you vocabulary. Now, for your fluency, 
right, for your fluency of the most common English to be able to speak quickly and easily and powerfully and automatically. That's what you need deep learning for. You need huge, a huge amount of repetition of the same things, the same phrases, the same sentences, the same most common vocabulary. 30 times is not enough. You need hundreds and hundreds of times repeating those same phrases and words. And that's what deep learning is about. And that's what you need to use the lessons for. So my VIP lessons, any of my course lessons, that's why you've got to repeat, 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 repeat. Massive deep learning will help your fluency to speak quickly and automatically. So you're very natural when you speak. Then you want to build your vocabulary so you understand more and more and more. That's where you do the wide, okay? So you can do both every day. Doing them both every day is great. If you've got the time, you know, repeat my lessons many times, get the deep, deep, deep learning, and then in the rest of your time in the day, read books, listen to audiobooks, listen to my podcast, listen to other podcasts, lots and lots and lots of stuff. Do both. Both. This is the most powerful way daily to get fluency plus all that vocab, all of it. This will give you the fastest results possible combining these two strategies. So that's all I have to say today about deep learning and wide learning. They're both powerful and it's really best if you do both every day. Most powerful of all. What else? We've got a movie lesson coming up. Of course, this weekend, Saturday, we have Book Club Sunday Movie Club. This will be our normal pattern now on the weekends. So Saturdays will be Book Club Days. Brave New World right now. And Sundays will be our movie club day, movie lesson day. And, of course, our new movie, starting our first movie, The Matrix, on Sunday. So you got two great clubs, right? Two great effortless English clubs for learning. we got book club on Saturdays and movie club on Sundays. Remember, for movie club, you've got to watch on Twitch if you want to watch live. It's only going to be live on twitch.tv right now. Twitch.tv slash AJ Hogue. Follow me at AJ Hogue on twitch.tv. Recordings will be later available as a course that I'll sell on my website. So if you missed the live shows, you can still get the course when we finish the movie in a few weeks. Uh, let's see, what else is happening? Uh, la, 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 la. I think that's about it. Uh, I talked a little today in the walk and talk about some changes happening to Gab. You know, I'm still looking for an alternative to YouTube. I'm still looking for a good free speech video service that I can do live streaming. So BitChute is a really good one for recordings. It's my favorite one for recorded videos. It works well. I have a BitChute account at AJ Hogue. Totally fine. It's my great backup to YouTube. All my new videos go there on BitChute also. So it's wonderful for all of that. The only weak point of BitChute is there's no streaming. There's no live video yet. I hope they do it in the future. I don't know if they'll do it in the future. I have no idea. So this is the weak point of BitChute right now. So I'm really looking around for a free speech video streaming because if we have problems on YouTube, I would love 
Even if we don't have problems on YouTube, I would love to avoid YouTube live streaming. I'll put recordings on there as long as I am on YouTube. But I would really like to switch live shows away from Facebook and away from YouTube and do it somewhere that really supports free speech. I don't like supporting these communist California companies. Um, but right now, I don't know of one that works. I really don't know of a good one. Someone suggested Vimeo. They're no better. Vimeo's just the same as YouTube and Facebook. A big company. I can't remember if they're California or New York City, but it's the same thing. They're another communist corporation. They do a lot of censorship. So Vimeo's not no better, plus they're expensive. Um... The only one I know of is BitTube, and their streaming does not work. I've tried it and tried it to do live streaming with BitTube, and it just doesn't work. So I don't know what the problem is. It's just as too small of a website and technically has too many problems. So this is where we're at right now with the video streaming. You know, I think we're really enjoying the live video, and so I need to find something where we can do these live shows with the chats, with the live questions and comments. Uh, and I just don't have one yet. I think eventually something will come to compete with YouTube and Facebook. I think it will happen, something that's more free speech. But I don't know one yet that works, <laughs> that works. So if you do know of one, send me a, your suggestions. Tell me on Gab. Send me your suggestions about, you know, alternative video streaming live streaming sites that are free speech. This is the important part, that are free speech. Even Twitch is not really free speech. They're better than YouTube, I think. But they're owned by Amazon, another huge West Coast American company. And Amazon also is, you know, maybe a little less than YouTube and Apple and Facebook, but they're still another corporate communist country on the West Coast of the United States. I don't trust any of these companies. They're all about censorship. They're all focused on Brave New World and becoming and pushing Brave New World. So we've got to find something else. Keep looking, guys. We'll all keep looking. We will find something. I mean, the I guess the, the in the end, I could host my own. I, I would have to create my whole own website. That's what uh, Vox Day and Owen Benjamin have done. They've created something called Unauthorized TV. They're just creating their whole own channel where they host their own videos, their own streaming videos. They're creating their own live chat system. I mean, that's one option. It's just kind of an expensive option, and it's a slow option. It takes time to develop all of that, to create everything yourself. It takes money and time. I might do it eventually. I'd have to charge some money if I did that. I'd have to have a membership or something. But eventually, maybe, I'll just have to have my own, you know, podcast, show, video site. Maybe someday we'll do that. But I prefer to just use something that's kind of open source. This is what I'm looking for. Open source. So not owned by one company, not owned and controlled. Um, for example, for social media, there's something called Mastodon. Mastodon is kind of an open source Twitter. I might even create my own Mastodon uh, server and we would have our own social media. We wouldn't need Twitter or even Gab anymore. And I think Gab is going to do this also. They're going to follow Mastodon. They're going to use the Mastodon code, the Mastodon software, so that you can, that anybody, like you, me, we can create our own Gab 
server, our own Gab network, and I would control it completely. It would be the effortless English Gab, and uh, it would, you know, we can make our own rules. I talk about this in the walk and talk today, and I might do that actually. I might do that, but I would like some. That would solve our. That would solve all social network problems of censorship and control and trolls. All of it would be in my control 100%. So that is possible for social media. I just need something for video, live video streaming, something like that, similar to that. So all you tech people, let me know if you know something like that for video. Kind of like Mastodon, but for video. All right, let's just go to questions and comments. Let's check in. You know, this, this can be kind of a, a, you know, question and comments. You can ask about deep learning and wide learning. You can ask about anything else you like. And um, I think I'm just going to be kind of another miscellaneous one today. I was also baby, busy with babies. We'll get back on some lessons. Let's see, today is Tuesday. So probably tomorrow or the next day I'll do another Aesop fable, another story. Cardo said, you did everything to open our eyes and wake us up from being blue-pilled. Well, thanks. I'm trying. You know, I had to go through the same process, right? I also, I was blue-pilled for a long, long time, much of my life. And it was a slow process because I basically did it myself. I had no teacher guiding me. So it just took a while. And I'm now that I have become much more red-pilled and awake, I definitely want to share it with as many people as I can. a recommendation Driss says do you know Mel Robbins what do you think about her theory of the power of fives for changing life from tending what one wants I don't know I don't know Mel Robbins uh, send me a link on Gab and I'll check it out check her out I guess yeah Katie Katie says I hope one day you can do the stream video streams on your own website you know that's the ultimate control right uh, and freedom and safety is to do what they're doing at Unauthorized TV. Uh, David the Good is on Unauthorized TV that I interviewed about gardening. He's one of the people on that site, that channel. And they're just doing, they're, they're doing everything themselves, like a, their own kind of like online TV channel. And that would be something I could do where I could just host my own video streams live and recorded and, uh, and, and audio too host it all myself. The problem is it is expensive to do that. So I would have to find some way to pay for that, some kind of membership system that uh, the people could help pay for that. Uh, so that's why I haven't done it yet because then I would have to charge some money, some kind of support system. But we'll see. We'll see, maybe. For now, you know, we'll see if we can find something that's cheaper, a cheaper system, an open source uh, some kind of open source system, for example, uh, or a distributed system, blockchain, something like that, where uh, we can keep it cheap, but still have that freedom from censorship, and we can keep talking about these red pill topics and not worry 
about some big company like Google or Apple or Facebook blocking us. Uh, Zibisek says, I'm a person that can confirm that your method works. About 10 years ago, I got CDs with your MP3 podcasts. Now we discuss hard topics via chat. I have never had an opportunity to say thank you, so I'm doing it now. AJ, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. I always appreciate to hear success stories uh, like yours, and um, this is why I'm doing it. So, you know, thank you. Thank you. I know this is a tough question, and I'm not sure I... I'm just going to try to answer it. We'll see if I can answer it. If I want to study English to become an interpreter, what should I do? An interpreter. So that's like a translator, like a human translator, right? But, so, you know, I don't know, honestly. I don't know any interpreters, so I'm curious. The basic thing is you're, you're going to, you have to have a super high level of English. This means like a native you know, a native level of uh, listening and speaking. Fluency and understanding have to be super fast. This is the pressure of an interpreter. What's really hard is, number one, with just English. You have to understand it instantly, very, very fast, understand, right? Because one person's speaking in English, for example. You, you have to listen to them and understand instantly everything they say and remember it. Then, very fast, you must translate everything into your language, I guess Vietnamese, and then say it in Vietnamese to the other person. And then, of course, you have to go the other way. Some, the, they will speak Vietnamese to you. Of course, you'll understand that. It's your own language. But then you have to super fast translate it all into English and say it back to the English speaker. That's difficult. So you you have the Vietnamese, obviously, as a native speaker. So your challenge is to bring your English speaking and listening to a super high level, to a super high level, and especially the speed. So you have to do, well, really what I said today, for the speaking speed and to speak automatically and effortlessly, you've got to do the deep, deep, deep learning like I was saying. You need huge amounts of repetition so you can get that common, most common English out very fast. No thinking in your mind. Just boom, instant, very natural. Deep, deep, deep learning. You need huge amounts of repetition for that. Now, to understand the English the person saying to you, you're going to need a huge amount of vocabulary, also very fast. So again, you want to be listening to huge amounts. You're going to be need to do to make this goal. You need probably six hours a day, seven hours a day, eight hours a day for a couple of years. This is serious. This is a high level goal you want. The other thing, you're because you want to be an interpreter. Don't focus on on reading very much because interpreters you can't read, right? A translator you can read. You you're you're taking something in writing and changing it, changing the language. That's a lot easier. But an interpreter, it's happening in super fast time. Two people talking, two different languages, switching languages constantly. That's a hard skill. That's a hard skill. So you got to raise up your English speaking and listening speed very, very high and your vocabulary very high. So you need to just be constantly listening and try not to read too much. 
Use reading for understanding when you have something new, but as soon as you can, forget the reading part and focus on listening and speaking, listening and speaking. Try that shadowing technique. Check out my YouTube video on shadowing. Um, what else? That's my best advice. And then later what you could do, you could use videos online. So you could listen to uh, like a podcast of mine and then pause after every paragraph, pause after every two minutes, and then immediately as fast as you can, change it to Vietnamese and speak out loud Vietnamese. Then uh, listen to some Vietnamese videos, pause every few minutes, and immediately try to speak in English and say exactly the same thing. So this is how you can train yourself. You can do it yourself, but just realize it's a hard goal. It's a hard job. That's a tough, tough job. Can you do it? Yes, but you will need to work very hard for a few years. Yeah, Merrick says, why can't I add this one? Merrick says, uh, we're looking for a place on the internet for our community. We are homeless and not too rich, but we are together and we like our conversations. We keep our independence. Well said, Merrick. That's right. Uh, I just want to keep our independence. I'm thinking long term, right? I'm thinking ahead. Try to think ahead two steps. Uh, you know, right now we're okay. But thinking ahead, I see the direction everything is moving. I see what Silicon Valley's doing. And step by step, they are blocking and banning and eliminating everybody who they don't like. And it's getting worse and worse. So first they start with, oh, these are Nazis. These are terrible people. But then it's more normal people, then more normal, then more normal. And eventually they will get rid of everybody, even just regular normal people. You have to be total brave new world, total animal farm, total, you know, super communist, socialist, crazy, or else they're going to get rid of you. This is happening. I don't know, but eventually I think it will reach us because I do talk about red pill topics. I talk about topics they hate. Other people who talk about these topics have already been banned, lots of them. So it's, I have to think ahead. We've got to think ahead, so we have to think. Plus, I don't like supporting these companies, honestly. I don't agree with them. I don't like them. Their values are terrible. I don't want to support these huge billion-dollar evil com companies. You know, for now, it's the best choice. But long-term, looking ahead a few years, I do want to find alternatives. Now, luckily for social media, Gab right now is a good one. Gab's a good one. And Gab is soon to make a change that will make them even better. I talked about it in my uh, walk and talk today, but basically Gab is going to become open source. They're going to use Mastodon. You, you probably don't know what Mastodon is. Some of you techies might, but basically it means that I could open my own Gab and Gab, the company Gab could not control it. I, I would have, my, it would be on our own computers and under completely under my control the control of effortless English. That means I could set the rules, our code. We do the best we can. We do the right thing. We show each other we care. And I can keep out anybody else out. It'll be our community, our rules. But it would use the Gab software. It would look like Gab. It would have all the Gab functions, but it would be ours. It would be a, like completely no troll zone. What's even more cool that... It would still connect to the normal, the big gab. You could still use the main gab. You could still follow 
other people on the main gab and they could still follow you and see your things so connected but distributed right it's it's really cool it's really great and uh there's already something like this called mastodon gab is basically taking the mastodon software and they're going to adapt it and they're going to do the same thing I'm already on Gab. I like Gab's functions, so probably I'll do the Gab. But if not Gab, I can use Mastodon. We'll have two choices. I'm going to wait and see a few months, see which one I like better, and I might do this. So for social media, no problem. For social media, but that's more like text. I don't. So now we don't have to worry about Twitter. We don't even have to worry about the Gab company. I can have my own. We can have our own for us. So that's perfect. So social media, you know, to replace or to uh, be our main place, not depending on Facebook, not depending on Google, not depending on Apple, not depending on Twitter. We already have something. There's already a couple good choices, I'll, and I'll create one soon. So that's fantastic news. That's great. We just need something similar. We need something like that for video and audio. Video and audio is next. Video and audio is more expensive, though. That's the problem. But once we have video and audio, the same kind of system like this, then we are, are very independent. Then I don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. We can talk about any topic we want. We can be totally free. And Google can't do anything to us. Doa Ibrahim asks... Does teaching English to adults, is it different than teaching kids? What's the difference in methods? You know, the basic um, principles are the same, right? Lots of listening, understandable input. All those basic language principles are exactly the same. But the style, the kind of um, techniques are different simply because, you know, adults and children are different. Adults can concentrate on one thing longer. Adults can handle more complicated language. Adults can handle more complicated ideas. Actually, adults have many advantages. Children have some other advantages. Children have psychological advantages. See, the problem with adults, adults actually have a big advantage for learning language. You have, uh, you have more knowledge, more experience in the world. You can understand more. You can actually learn vocabulary faster than a child, much faster. But what's the weak point? The weak point of adults tends to be is usually psychological. Adults get more stressed. They're too serious. They uh, they worry about performing. They worry, oh, I'm not improving fast enough, and all of these psychological things. They get nervous. All these things make cause them to learn more slowly. And of course, it's kind of the opposite. Children can't handle the more difficult ideas. They can't concentrate on one thing as long. Uh, you have to make everything a little more simple and easy and fun for them. On the other hand, they have psychological benefits. They they usually just play. They don't worry about their performance at all. They don't care about making mistakes at all. They don't care if they're, they're not worried all the time. Am I improving? Am I improving? They don't care. They just play with the language. If you make it fun and interesting, they just play. And they just learn, 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 learn with no stress if you do it well. So that's their big advantage. So what you do with children is you just have to make it more playful. So you're using lots more stories that are fun and interesting. With children, usually the activities need to be shorter. 
right? Like you guys can listen to an hour podcast, me talking just about any topic, serious topics. But most children can't handle that. Children, probably you need to change the activity every 15 minutes. Maybe sometimes if they're small, maybe more. If they're older, a little less. But, you know, so you might do some reading a story for 10, 15 minutes. Then you do a play a game for 10 or 15 minutes. Then you do some other kind of game or activity for 10 or 15 minutes. Then you do something else, right? So you have to mix things up because their concentration is shorter. You also need to keep everything light and more fun and more playful with kids. So this is the basic idea. And you want to keep everything simple for them, easy to understand, very easy to understand. Shaima, what do you recommend improving a lot in a short time? Well, doing deep and wide learning like I just described and doing it for, you know, eight or ten hours a day. Just basically a huge amount of hours every day, maybe a few, three hours of deep, 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 tons of repetition, and the other five hours doing wide, 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 a huge amount of new stuff every day. Something like that. And you do that for, you know, I don't know, three months, five months, six months, you'll make a huge improvement. Ahant asks, what do you think about minimalistic lifestyle? Well, I approve. I live a fairly minimalistic lifestyle myself. Compared to my income, my life is super, super, super simple. Really, compared to most people's, <laughs> most people in general. I live in a, we live in a small, simple apartment, very small. You know, we're in Japan. And even compared to Japanese apartments, ours is quite small. It's old. It's cheap. Uh, simple life, very simple. Most, most, what do I do? My hobbies are walking, playing with my kids, doing some exercise, you know, talking to you all. I'm a big, you know, you guys know, I promote a minimalistic lifestyle. I quite, I think it's a great way for freedom and happiness. Hia says, I realized you're getting older day by day. Well, Hia, so are you. Makes me sad that you are getting older every day. Man. In fact, if I think about it, every one of us is getting older day by day. Hmm. So here's the thing. It's ridiculous to feel sad about it because it's part of life. And I'm guessing you're Vietnamese, which means you're Buddhist and probably Buddhist. And uh, you know, impermanence and change our central philosophies, ideas, truths of Buddhism recognized by Buddhism and really by all humans. So, crying about getting older is foolish because it is inevitable, cannot be avoided. And here's the other thing that young people don't understand. Getting older has many great advantages. I am happier now than when I was 20. Far happier. So many young people are just stressed out, confused, um, and they don't have enough life experience. They really don't know how to be happy. And it takes a while. I'm 51 now, and I am so much happier. So, guys, don't be foolish. Don't be afraid of getting older. It's a foolish thing to do. And believe me, you know, we have this culture now, Brave New World, where we, you know, we worship youth and young people. It's foolish. It's stupid. It's foolish and stupid. Um, there are some nice things about being young, you know? Young people can be very enthusiastic. Uh, you know, 
Little kids are super fun and wonderful, but even like, you know, in your 20s, let's say, there's some nice things about that. You got a lot of physical energy, can be quite enthusiastic, things are new. But on the other hand, there's also a lot of bad stuff about being young. You're foolish. You think you're smart, but you're not. So you're deluded. A lot of young people, especially today, are deluded. They think they know lots and they don't. They uh, are confused. They have low confidence. Uh, they just don't know how to live a happy life. They don't know what to do with their lives. They're under lots of stress and they're not so happy. They don't have any wisdom. There's no wisdom because they have, don't have enough life experience. They don't know how to make decisions. They don't know what will make them happy. They don't know what will be a good life. Uh, many of them are completely programmed by Bra Brave New World and Animal Farm. They're, they're totally blue-pilled. So for all these reasons, there's some things that are about being young that are not that great. Not great at all. When you're also young, you have less freedom, especially when you're uh, like in school. You know, you're kind of under teachers. You're not making all your own decisions. You have less freedom. That's also stressful. Can a lot of really unhappy young people. So it's, it's not that youth is bad. Youth is great. There's good things about it. But Middle age is also great. Being old is also great because it has other advantages. So while maybe physically uh, most older people have less energy and they're less strong, although, honestly, for middle age, like my age, 40s, 50s, 60s, you should stay strong. If you eat right, if you fast, if you exercise, there's no reason to become weak. There's no reason to become tired at that age. I don't know, maybe 70, 80, 90, yes, but... 40, 50, 60, you, sh you should still be in good physical shape, but you have, to, you have to have discipline. You can't be lazy about it. You can't eat crappy food. You can't be lazy. On the other hand, at that age, you know, often you have a family. You have children. You have more money. Hopefully, you've got a career. By that age and middle age, you figured out. You know what you want in life. You know what makes you happy. You know what you don't like. You have much more confidence in yourself, in your life, in your choices. And not always, but I think often at that age, you're just much more confident and much more happy. As I said, certainly for me, I, I, I don't want to be 20 again. I was uh, kind of, uh, you know, had a lot of stress and, and confusion and restlessness, all these things at that age. And it was fine. I don't regret it. It was interesting. But it's something quite new now, and I'm very much more at peace. Uh, i much, much, much more confident. Uh, much, much, much happier. And now I've got two children. Um, happiest. This is the happiest time in my life so far. Okay, and I'm 51. And I still feel great physically because I'm fasting a lot. Uh, I try to eat good food and I, I exercise a lot. So, and I, you know, hopefully again, f when you're really much older, then again, that wisdom increases. You know, if you live a good, smart life, then when you're 70 and 80 and 90, then you hopefully you have great, great wisdom. Hopefully you have children and grandchildren, maybe great grandchildren. So you have this um, huge family to enjoy. Um, you can continue learning and growing. You know, there's Steve Kaufman. I was just thinking of him recently because I've been using his website. And uh, Steve Kaufman, the linguist, link.com, L-I-N-G-Q.com. Really great guy. I, know, I always promote him because, uh, you know, I started with him. Just before I started Effortless English, way back in 2006, I actually worked for his company for a short time. And uh, 
I was inspired by him and by his book. And so he, he, he influenced me with Effortless English. He definitely was a strong influence, and I always like to check in with him. In fact, I'm thinking of inviting him back to do another interview on my show again. I've interviewed him before, but I'd like to have him back. Anyway, I can't remember his age. I'm guessing he's in his 70s now, and he now speaks 17 languages, and he's still learning languages. I, I think the last time I checked, I think he was learning Turkish. He may be on a new one now, I'm not sure, but you know, he's in his 70s, he's still learning. So again, if you, you keep learning, you stay active, you can have a wonderful, happy, happy life when you're 70, 80, 90. My grandmother's 99 years old. 100 this month. She becomes 100 this month. They're having a big party for her this month. She's still active, her brain is still working well. She, she's still enjoying her life. She still enjoys her son, my dad, <laughs> and her grandchildren, me and others. And uh, she has friends. She's still active. She still does a little like uh, kind of a dance class for old people. And she still has a happy, happy life. And she has so many great, great experiences. And um, so don't be afraid of this, you know. And Hopefully, if you're religious and you really have a, a faith that's based, not just a blind faith, but a faith based on a, a long life of thinking about philosophy and think and meditation and prayer and really thinking about this, then even death becomes less, 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 less frightening also. Okay, I just want to say this because there's too many people that worship being young and then they're so afraid of getting older. Oh my God, I'm 40. Yeah. Right? Or I get this comment now because, um, you know, my YouTube, on my YouTube, people see my old videos when I was 37, 38. And then they see me now when I'm 51. Oh my God, you're getting older. So what? Like if they're so worried about it. You know what? 10 years from now, I'll be 61 and then I'll be 71. And hopefully I'm, I will still be doing Effortless English when I'm 91. All right? So just relax about the aging thing. Nothing to be afraid of, guys. Don't, don't fear it. All right. Steve is 73, Antonio says. So I was right. He's about my mom's age. Right? He's still learning languages. Uh, like I said, I think Turkish. I was Just because I was looking at his blog and one of his recent blog, um, I can't remember when exactly, but one of his recent blog uh, posts was about his Turkish, um, I think maybe it was on his forum actually, on his website. He's talking about uh, just, you know, like one, one month, he already knows 3,000 Turkish words. You know, the guy's amazing. <laughs> so, uh, I, I really got to talk to him again. I always get so uh, motivated, inspired when I talk to him. He's just such an amazing guy. So friendly, too. Lam says, AJ, book club forever. Yep, as long as I'm alive, we'll keep doing the book club. Because, you know, there's so many good books. We can do this for decades. It's really interesting and helpful. I'm waiting for your new book explanation. Self-help book is the best. Yeah, well, um, we'll, you know, we'll uh, go back and forth as always. Fiction, non-fiction, fiction, non-fiction. Fiction, self-help, fiction, self-help. Yeah, like Zivizek says, he's my same age. Zivizek says, I'm 51 and I'm still learning. Me too. Me too. That's, you know, the my for you younger people, 
the advice I would give you, I'll give you two pieces of advice, how to age well, how to have a good aging. The first one's from my 100-year-old grandmother, 99-year-old grandmother. Stay active physically. Keep moving your body. Stay active. Stay active. That's her advice. And number two, my advice, is stay active mentally. Keep learning, keep learning, keep learning. Challenging yourself. So what this means is to stay active physically and mentally. Challenge yourself physically and mentally for your whole life. This is how to have a good quality of life as you get older. Doing so your body and your mind both. They're both important. Cardo says, uh, out of exaggeration, I hope uh, I'd be as awesome as you when I'm 51. Well, thank you, Cardo. That's nice. Thank you. Michelle says, uh, in your lesson sets, you say the vocabulary lesson is the least important, but I think they're very useful. They help us speak more fluently. Well, okay, good. That's why, I mean, I, I, they are useful, but that's, that's good to know that, they're, that you find them useful. Sometimes the word is missing in our native language. We continue to speak using a paraphrase. Okay, good. Good to know. I'm glad you like that. Katie says, your grandma is so cool. She is. I'll be doing a Skype call. So we're, I'm planning with my dad. They're having a big party for my grandmother this month for her birthday. Uh, you know, 100 years old, inviting a lot of people. And I'm going to do a video Skype call during the party so I can surprise my grandmother and say hi to her on video. Show her her, her new uh, great-grandchildren. The two babies are her great-grandchildren. That's going to be fun. Looking forward to that. Ah. Alexi, uh, uh, Alexi is asking, I know why, because he's planning this super budget uh, um, trip. I, I can't wait to hear about this. I'm so inspired by this. I love this kind of thing, guys. You guys know this, right? That I love travel. But I especially, I get, I get so excited when I hear about anyone, anyone doing some cool trip that's kind of uh, different or challenging or something. You know, like I said, I watched uh, uh, Joe and I, my, my best friends Joe, we watched, and Kristen actually, my two best friends, we, we all watched the uh, long way down, this about the uh, long way around first, the motorcycle trip around the world. Oh man, I was so excited by that. I, after I watched that, I was so focused. I really wanted to do, get a motorcycle and do that trip or something like that. And, you know, it just didn't work out. Time, money, and things just didn't have, uh, wasn't able to do it. But it just, it inspired me so much. I love things like that. And while Lexi um, recently, I mean, last month, I think he said, was planning to do a, a travel with just a tiny budget. I mean, super, super tiny. I can't remember where, Alexi. You have to tell me in the comments. Was it the United States or somewhere else or Europe? But anyway, super small budget. And uh, I thumbs up on that. That's also so cool, you know. So anyway, here's his question, Alexi. How to keep good meals while traveling with a small budget? We have to find such kind of food that has small weight, cheap and healthy. Agreed. Okay, here's what you want to do. You want to get, first of all, you want to go to groceries, right? To avoid restaurants. Restaurants are more expensive. You get food cheaper at groceries. If you do some research online at, in each town, 
farmers markets might even be more cheap. A lot of towns in America have farmer farmers markets, like one day a week, maybe. San Francisco has a few of them in different neighborhoods, for example. And you could go and buy good food from them. Number two, you want to get the you want to get the kind of smallest, cheapest food with the highest nutrition. So, for example, um, for animal food, it would be like liver, for example. Some people don't like liver, but actually you can buy like chicken liver, beef liver, um, fairly cheaply. It's fairly cheap. And it's got like super, super powerful nutrition. It's fairly cheap. And so you're saving money and getting like a huge amount of nutrition in a small amount. Eggs are a good one, another kind of animal product. Eggs have a lot of great nutrition, and they are quite cheap in most places. So things like that. Now, on the plant side, of course, then you want to do like, you know, cabbage, uh, uh, what else? Kale, cabbage, those kind of spinach. You can often find these kind of things, again, pretty cheap. Pretty cheap in a grocery store and high nutrition, low cost. That would be another good choice. So things like that, and, you know, some fruits. But, you know, do some research. Find the ones that have really high, high levels of nutrition, vitamins and minerals and things, but the cost is fairly low. And then buy from farmers markets and grocery stores, avoiding restaurants. That would be my best advice for super budget travel. The other thing you can do is go to cheaper countries. This is the other possibility. This is why when I was young, uh, I traveled in places like India and Nepal and Thailand and later in Indonesia because, uh, because they were much less expensive, especially with the exchange rate, much less expensive than Europe or United States or Russia, which were quite, can be quite expensive. So this is another way to do it. Because in those countries, everything's cheaper, including the food. So I can't wait to hear about your trip. Got a little jealous, honestly. Oh, Dodd, I'm sorry to hear this. I'm in the hospital with my mom. She is sick. Pray for her, please. Dodd, we will. We will. Hope your mom recovers. I don't know if fasting would help her, but whatever helps her, just, you know, we hope for the best. Another movie, uh, Sully for Movie Club. Yep, good one. Clint Eastwood directed, I believe. Uh, so we'll add it to our list. AJ says, interview your grandma about the secret of long living. Oh, maybe I could. I don't know if she has Wi-Fi at her apartment. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Jim Himamali says, you're never too old to learn. If we follow this, we're really active and keep a lot in our mind. We can still memorize a lot. Congratulations with your grandma in advance. It's going to be a lovely day with family. Wish you long, blessed life with good health. Thank you for your guidance. Oh, thank you. That's a very nice message, and I agree with you. This is the thing. we got to keep our minds, you know, language learning. What you guys are doing is uh, what you all are doing is uh, very good for your brain as you get older. So keep learning, you know, keep 
keep working on English for a long time, and when you're finally happy with your English, then you could try another language. Bakira asks, uh, do American people live a long life? Uh, I mean, not, I, I don't know compared to who, you know, whom you're, uh, you know, in terms of developed countries like higher tech company uh, countries, you really can't say developed, every, almost every country's developed now. Um, but let's say higher tech countries, um, not, no, not great, I'd say, probably average. Japan is, much, is higher for sure. Japanese people live much longer than, I think in Asia, I think overall Asia in general, most Asian countries, people live longer than in America. But they have better diet and they're more active. Japanese people, they, all, they walk everywhere. In the city of Osaka, I see 90-year-old people walking around. They look 90. And they're still walking around. They're still taking the trains. They're very active physically. And they eat lots of fish and good f veggies and good food. And so, you know, it makes a big difference. So America is kind of so-so for longevity. But here's the, bit, the, the more serious problem in America is the health. So even if they live long, let's say they're 80 years old, most of them are very bad health. They're fat. They have diabetes, they are super tired, they're weak, they have taking a lot of medicine, they're not, they don't have a good happy life. That's the bigger problem. You know, America has a lot of technology, so people can live a long time, but, but the quality of the life when they're old is not great for many people. My grandmother, luckily, is, is pretty good, but, um, but a lot of older American people are not very good especially compared to say Japan the Japanese are much 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 better quality of life for example my um, my wife's uh, has two grandparents alive they're both in their 90s grandmother and grandfather both in their 90s they're married to each other which is very nice uh, so it's they're this from the same side of the family and uh, they're definitely more healthy and and energetic than my grandmother my grandmother's okay, 99, but uh, hers are quite impressive. Zobadeas, some people make fun of self-help books and psychological ones. They are good readers, by the way. They say novels are the best books to learn from. Do you agree? No, I disagree completely. Um, novels are good books to learn from they are great but so are self-help and psychological books they can be very practical very helpful i've learned a lot from non-fiction uh self-help self-learning books uh really influenced me a lot and helped me make big changes in my life and improvements tony robbins books is an example so um i think they both have their good points that's why we do both you're not going to learn to be a good public speaker for example from a fiction book but you might find a really good non-fiction book about that topic like Dale Carnegie's book AJ is still so young and energized even though he's now a dad of twins. Congrats. Yeah, it's the twins are motivating for me to stay healthy and strong. Keep my energy high. 
I am old for a dad, for sure. I'm quite old. Don't wait till 51, guys. <laughs> I'm still, I'm quite happy about it. And uh, But it's a good motivation for me to really work hard for fasting and exercise and eating well because I want to have a lot of energy for my children. Idris says... Greetings from Algeria. Hope to see you in Vietnam. Oh, okay, someday. I'm traveling to Mumbai. I would like to hit you, uh, hit you for a visit. Really appreciated your efforts. You're such a good man. Well, thank you, Idris. That's very nice, you know. Uh, I do go to Vietnam sometimes. I'm here in Japan most of the time. So if you ever visit Japan, uh, tell me on Gab and we'll schedule to have coffee or something. or Coffee or tea or whatever. Learn with your ears, not with your eyes. Do a lot of repetitions. Understand easily and quickly, says Marion. Good summary. Sagman asking about my Japanese. I'll talk more about it soon. I just started. I just started. Yes, I've been living here a full year and done nothing. <laughs> but luckily I'm at home all the time now with the baby. So it actually gives me some time to focus on Japanese. I just got some do, uh, Doraemon uh, manga to read to practice Japanese a little bit. The, you guys probably know Doraemon, right? I think Doraemon's all in Asia. They translated to many. Uh, they have English Doraemon. They have uh, manga and anime both, I think. And I know Doraemon's popular in Thailand, uh, probably some other countries too. It's a kind of, it's a manga, usually for smaller, smaller kids, but it's kind of cute and good for any age. few more guys all right let's see Alexi's got another Alexi says what do you think my friend wants to learn English from elementary level to advanced in three to four months living and working with native speakers by using a mobile translator is it really to reach these goals during such short time period well let's see he's at elementary level now to advanced yeah I think it's possible let's say four months super intense so just it's you know it's totally immersion uh, I, it's not a bad idea the mobile translator thing's not a bad idea actually um, in addition though I would recommend uh, uh, you know because they might get tired of talking all the time right um, unless he's paying them but uh, in addition you know reading 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 as much as possible listening 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 as much as possible podcasts audiobooks uh this podcast is fine maybe some lessons um you know just everything i mean just super high intensity 12 hours a day 15 hours a day so anytime there's a break anytime he's not talking to others he should be listening or reading so this is just a massive effort so i think it's possible but it I, not easy. Oh, this is interesting. Hidil uh, Rose says, do you think fasting affects studying? Increases or decreases the ability? Increases. Fasting helps your brain. My thinking is so much more clear because I've been fasting so much now. It's hard to explain it. It's hard to describe the feeling. It's just like a calm, more calm, more clear mind. Like, you're, like your thinking is... Uh, your concentration's a little better. 
the the thinking is a little less distracted like your brain is a little less noisy um, a little more focused when you're fasting especially after a while okay maybe your first fast you might just be tired okay that's normal when you're first starting but you know after you do it for a few weeks you know you're doing some fast 24 hours or 48 hours or whatever you'll find as, as your body starts learning and adapting to the fasting that, that this is one of the first things it's one of the first things I always notice before I notice fat burning before I notice a, a healing or anything like that I always notice the mental and emotional effect of improving my brain and my emotions so it's very good for that Lisa hey good to see you Lisa have you ever thought about writing a book? You could summarize your life experiences, different topics we've talked about here and so on, like an effortless English life book. Many people could learn a lot from it. Yeah, maybe I will someday. I have so many videos, I could probably just transcribe a lot of them and edit them into a book, you know? <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Oh no, I hear my baby crying. Oh no. Oh, he's hungry, I bet. You okay in there? You need help or you're okay? I'm almost done. Sandor, talking about generations. I think so. These generations have a huge chance getting a wonderful life. If only they wake up. They should listen to the older generation's advice. Yes, it's very good to do that. They must have stopped watching the foolish mainstream media. They have to find true leaders like you who know the truth. Yes, you know, are all are all old people wise? Of course not. Many are still foolish. <laughs> they live their whole life foolishly. Uh, you don't, of course, you don't want to listen to them. But um, some are very wise. And you, of course, you have to figure out and find those. But those are the ones you should listen to. And, you know, I'm 51, but... I also do this because there are people who are 61, 71, 81, you know, like my grandmother. And I respect her ideas and opinions and her long life experiences, you know. So the generation above me. Yeah, many of them are foolish, but most people are foolish at all ages. Many young people are foolish, many middle-aged people are foolish, and many old people are foolish because they're blue-pilled their whole lives. But on the other hand, if you find someone in an older generation and they are red-pilled you know they're one generation above you or two generations above you and they're red-pilled and they've had life experiences and they have some wisdom and they're thoughtful and intelligent then you should listen to them even if you don't agree with them you don't always need to agree it's okay not to agree all the time but you should respect and listen to their ideas and advice and opinions because there's probably a lot of valuable um, ideas that they have that might really help you. Now, this is the other part of this is reading books, reading those old books, because in that way, you're getting advice from our ancestors, our shared ancestors, the old, 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 wise, wise, wise people from hundreds or thousands of years ago. And we can learn so much from them too. That's why I always recommend reading those old books. AJ, are you playing PUBG? If yes, give us your ID number. I don't know PUBG. I've heard of it. I don't know what it is. What is PUBG? I've heard the name, but I don't know what it is. 
<laughs> Katie Katie says, uh, Doraemon is my childhood comic too. Have you read Conan? Uh, not yet. Conan's too difficult for me right now in Japanese. So Conan's on my... I, I, eventually I'll move up. I was just talking to my wife about Conan today. It's interesting. It's another manga. And she said, oh, maybe for you it's too difficult right now. So I'm going to wait. I'm just going to try to read a lot of Doraemon right now. Doraemon. Sagvan. According to your theory of language learning, are all languages have an equal chance of learning? Um, yeah, you can learn any language, uh, but some are more difficult, right? It depends on your native language, right? So, you know, for me, okay, just my example. So, uh, as an English speaker, compare learning Spanish, learning Japanese. Which one's more difficult for me? Of course, Japanese is much more difficult. Much more difficult. Why? Well, Spanish and English share a lot of vocabulary words. They're not exactly the same, but they're very similar. I can recognize uh, many times, especially reading. Now, now, listening in Spanish is tough. Spanish speakers can speak very fast. But for reading, I can read a lot of Spanish and just guess a lot of the words because they look like English words a little bit. And I can kind of get the idea. So it's far easier for me to understand and learn Spanish. Much. Japanese does not share many English words. They have some that they've taken from English. But, uh, but even then, they pronounce them very differently <laughs> uh, compared to the Spanish. And of course, they have the different writing system in Japanese. And the other thing is the word order. The grammar is totally different from English. So, basically, Japanese is completely different than English. <laughs> Everything. Totally different. So, that makes it more difficult. It means I need, or you, or any English speaker needs mo many more hours to improve at the same speed. So, this is, of course, true for you also. It depends on your native language. For some of you, English is easier. Those of you who speak uh, especially Western European languages like French or German or Italian or Spanish. It's easier for you to learn English. But for a Japanese person learning English, it's much more difficult because they have the same problems but the reverse, right? Uh, the pronunciation's quite hard for them. There's a lot of sounds in English that Japanese doesn't have. The word order's totally different. The grammar's different. The vocab's totally different. So, for a Japanese speaker to learn English is much more difficult than for a Spanish speaker. So, but you can do it. You can still do it because lots of people do. I mean, look at Steve Kaufman. He speaks 17. He knows Chinese, uh, Mandarin. He knows Cantonese. He knows Japanese, uh, Turkish. You think he's working on Turkish? Russian, of course, Spanish and Italian and on and on. I can't even remember all the languages he's <laughs> that he knows. <laughs> Too many. <laughs> Too many. I don't know how he remembers them all. It's amazing. Um, Yacht says, I'm a seaman, so he works in uh, on, sh on ships. I'm uh, out to sea for a long time without internet. Feels like I'm lost there. But very lucky to have your lessons offline. I listen to them every day. They make be happy and alive. Thanks so much. Love you. That's great, Miat. You know, fantastic. And you can download. Download a lot of the podcasts, right? Download a lot of my old podcasts uh, before you go about back out to sea. So that when you get out to sea, you have a huge library of on your uh, 
phone or your iPod. You have a you know, huge number of the old podcasts to listen to, plus the lessons. So you just get some audiobooks. Just, you know, stock up, we say. Stock up. Igor says, I'm waiting for your course about teaching English to my babies. Yep, I'll do it. Hey, update on Cleefy who's fasting. I've got great results in the university. I'm still fasting, losing weight, 91 kilograms exercising. Very happy. Thank you. Excellent. I'm now doing one day fasts, the 48 hour fasts. Every uh, constantly, we're getting starting to get quite difficult. I'm down to 71 kilograms. Quite close. Getting close. Kisses and hugs for your babies, says Sharif. Thank you. Uh, Tomas says, now this is a good idea. Let's do another effortless English challenge. For example, with fasting. That's not a bad idea. We did one with walking one time where we had like an exercise club and uh, we would all like walk and we uh, actually we had even a little competition to see who, who would uh, uh, walk the longest amount and uh, uh, I know Kaula was right at the top. <laughs> I think Kaula and I were at the top because at the time, at that time, I was training for the Camino de Santiago. I was running and walking a huge amount at that time. But it was a lot of fun. Lots of people joined in. It was really cool. This is not a bad idea. Do it with fasting instead. We could do that. This coming month, I'm going to do some dry fasting. It's the uh, Indian month, holy month of Shravan. Starting July 17th, I believe. It starts in South India and North India at different times. I'm going to follow North India. So we're going to, it starts July 17th. It's about one month. I'm going to do daily dry fast. So 24 hour, well, 23 hour, let's say, dry fast, meaning no food, no water during the day, and then one meal at night. And of course, at, at that, for my nightly meal, I'll probably try to eat some foods with water, like a lot of fruit and cucumbers, things like that, to hydrate and drink some water, maybe just before. Maybe I'll probably do two, 22 hours fasting. So I'll fast 22 hours dry, nothing, no water, no food. Then I'll do one hour of just drinking a lot of like salt water to get the salt and water into my body again. And then I'll eat my one meal, try to get some extra water, watery foods in the meal also, and then do another dry fast, and I'll do that for a whole month. You can join me. You can join me if you want to try that. You don't have to do dry, though. You don't have to dry. It's a little more advanced. You could just do, like, using just drinking water, drinking the salt water during the day. You could just do 24-hour fasts. So just one meal a day, basically. One meal a day. And do it for the whole month of, you know, starting July 17 to August 17. Something like that. That'd be a challenge. You can join the fasting challenge. Let's do that. Why not? Alexi says, you are Yoda and we are Luke Skywalker, Star Wars. Yes, I got to learn to, I got to practice talking like Yoda. <laughs> Raquel from Bolivia says, hi, hi, Raquel. Vladislav says, Japanese is completely different from Russian as well. Yeah, now, for English learners, I've heard Russian is not easy. 
So I'm guessing the other side that for a Russian to learn English is also kind of difficult. All right, I think that's about it, guys. Oh, last one then. From Ibrahim Ali, I missed your Q updates a lot. Yeah, I need to I need to get updated on Q. I sort of got overwhelmed by the Q stuff. It's so uh, can you do weekly Q updates? Thanks. I will. I'll do some Q updates again. It's so complex. It's this kind of complicated, you know, American politics, the kind of secret, you know, behind the scenes politics that's happening. That's what Q is giving us. Um and so to explain it to non-Americans sometimes is quite hard. <laughs> it's quite hard to explain because, you know, what's happening uh, in American politics now. You know, the basic idea there is a civil war already happening in America. It's a civil war inside the American government, companies, and media. You know, and it's already happening. It's, and you're not going to hear it in the normal media because they don't cover it. They're part of it and they're on the bad side. Um, so, and, you know, hopefully this will prevent a real civil war where Americans start shooting and killing each other in large numbers. But I'm not sure. A lot of people are predicting that America will have some kind of civil war, maybe 10 years from now, that America will break into many pieces, that there will be no more one America, that what is America now will become two or three or more countries. I think it's likely. I think, yes, I think that there's a good chance that's going to happen. I think it's probably will happen. The timing, I have no idea, and really no one does. Maybe, you know, a lot of people say about 2030, so about 10 or 12 years from now. It might be longer, it might be sooner, but I do think America will probably break up at some point. They're just, it's, it's not a unified country anymore. There's not one nation. America's an empire with several different nations inside of it that hate each other and don't agree about anything. So I, probably it's going to happen. But anyway, the Q updates, I'll, ch I'll, uh, I'll check the Q updates and see if I can give kind of the simple version. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to go. And time to take care of babies. Be back again tomorrow. Lots of love to all of you. So again, you know, deep and wide learning, deep and wide learning. Combine them both. Do them both each day, especially when you have that time because it really will, they help each other. When you do both uh, every day, it really will uh, speed up your improvement. As always, join my VIP program. Commit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. See you tomorrow. Commit at EffortlessEnglishClub.com.